Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Tea with Louise. We've both got our tea <laughs> and today I have with me um, my friend Alex, which is always tickles me when we talk actually because she's an American living in London and I'm a Brit living in Utah. <laughs> Are you a, a UK citizen? No, no because it costs like 1500 pounds to get a passport. I, I am eligible to be Canadian because my mom is First Nation from Canada, so I am eligible to do that. But it's so expensive to go through these papers, and I hate being asked, um, as a Cancerian, I hate being asked all these personal questions about my life by strangers. It makes me very uncomfortable. I just find, I just don't have the patience for all those forms. That's being, being a Sagittarius stellium. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> well, I thought I'd invite Alex on to... Um, talk about her books because I, I seem to be um, developing a theme with these Tea with Louise interviews of interviewing other astrologers who either are writing or have written books and Alex has written two and is on her way to write the third I believe. So um, I don't know if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself first of all and, and hold up your two books and then we'll dive in deeper into uh, uh, the writing process and how on earth you managed to write two books whilst also being a full-time teacher. <laughs> so uh, these are my two books. <laughs> I'm very pleased uh, about both of them because they're both done by the Wessex Astrologer. This is my first one, which was um, written way back in 2013. And um, it was written when I was working full-time as a teacher. Um, I had a very clear premise and a very clear methodology I wanted to follow. And this is uh, Mirror Mirror, which is mostly written just around the time the pandemic started. But the editing process, because there's so much data in this, it took a long time to get it all finalized. So this is my baby born during the pandemic. Um, but in terms of what I do, um, I am... Um, my mom has a little card that says, when I grow up, I want to be a teacher, uh, written when I was six years old. And it took me a long time. I've always been a teacher of some sort you know, growing up, but um, um, when I was at university, I eventually became a teacher of American Sign Language. But when I came to England, I had to start all over again. And so I, I came to the teaching profession um, a little bit later than the average teacher. Most teachers come into the profession straight after university. I came into it in my mid-30s, um, in the early 2000s, and um, I really struggled as a teacher, uh, having my own children to take care of and I was so I, I didn't understand how the British school system worked at all because I thought I was going to be teaching high school which is 14 years and up but in, in England it's actually 11 years and up so I was looking at this little 11 year olds coming in thinking gosh those are really small little freshmen <laughs> not realizing that uh, you know they were 11 years old not 14. <laughs> I still don't really understand the U.S. system. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I, it was so difficult. Not only was I a single parent, you know, with all the problems that 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 brings, but I got into it because I, I really thought that I'd have time to study astrology at the weekends. And of course, you know, it took me maybe one weekend before I realized it wasn't going to work out and there are other there are all loads of other problems I eventually found myself in a Christian academy and we all know what Christians think about astrology and why they're wrong but you know that's another story altogether um but uh you know it was it's your teaching year your uh your, your practice your first year as being a teacher is not easy and there was a point actually several points where I just thought I can't do this 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 is not going to work out for me. I, I can't do it. I can't manage. And um, and one day when I was teaching, I looked out at my class and I just thought, oh my gosh, you guys all have Jupiter in the same sign. And you all have Saturn in the same sign. And I have my own Jupiter, my own Saturn. And these things play off against each other. And it was an area of astrology that I don't think anybody had explored before. So I went through a whole Jupiter cycle of teaching, learning from each class that I taught, every year group that I taught. And when I was finished observing, um, I had enough material to write Growing Pains. Mm -hmm. But Growing Pains has recently had this resurgence, you know, um, you know, uh, nearly nine years after it was first published via a Pam Gregory interview. Mm -hmm. And it actually got to number eight 
um, on the Amazon <laughs> uh, astrology books category, which to me was just phenomenal. I mean, I thought Growing Pains had had its day and, you know, it was never going to see any sort of recognition, but it, it got this resurrection, as it were, from Pam Gregory. Oh, fantastic. Well, you know, I, I, I have to confess, I still don't yet own either of your books because I've just got <laughs> piles of books still. <laughs> Look at my pile. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all in order too so I can review them and you know stuff like that but you can see it's my reading list and my stuff that I have to do and just piles higher <laughs> for those you know not to, not complete astrology uh, buffs in the thing that was 12 years that um that Alex was kind of witnessing a Jupiter cycles 12 years and um and it really fascinates me I and you know I wish I'd had that book when my kids were little I think but it's still it's still something I do want to read at some point so kind of well let's talk a little bit more about that before and then we'll talk about mirror mirror as well and then we'll talk about the whole process of writing because I get a lot as um, having written three books now myself I get a lot of questions about the process of writing and publishing and all that kind of stuff but just a little bit, if you can sum it up about um, your kind of findings about Jupiter and Saturn in in um, in children and how to work with them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think just to you know, back up a little bit in, in that I'm kind of a, a research nerd in that I think that there has to be secondary resources to back up your astrological theory. And then there has to be statistics to back up both of them. And so I was, um, in terms of secondary uh, resources, I was very much influenced by Jean Piaget and Eric Erickson, you know, um, early 20th century psychologists. Mm -hmm. And Piaget um, was really the first person who started doing, working with children's psychology. So I followed his model in that children learn in stages. And I thought, okay, if that is true, then surely there must be a way that they learn in stages in astrology. And it is, and it's through Jupiter. Because every three years, Jupiter, transiting Jupiter will square its natal position every three years or it's opposing or it's got the uh, waning square and finally the return. So for every three years, there's a significant stage of development in terms of a child's learning. And so, you know, if you're teaching a class, you know, you might be teaching year five, which you might not realize uh, they're nine and 10 year olds, that, that there's, this is a significant stage of learning where they're starting to learn how to distinguish between reality and fantasy so they're no longer afraid of the monster under the bed they're afraid of the real life things like terrorism their parents getting divorced death a pandemic you know they are got the stuff they got to work through and decide whether or not it's real and so i always feel particularly sorry for the children of that age group who had to go through the pandemic they would now be 12 13 years old which is also a significant years the the jupiter return um and they're coming into um the other stage of development which is to do with uranus sextile as natal position and um so I, I think there's a stage of the development with jupiter and it's also the same sort of stages with saturn jupiter expands whatever it touches saturn um, hones it practices it works towards resolution and the saturn stages are every seven years so as a teacher, um, I mean, I was sidelined during the pandemic, but coming back after this break, I, you know, we talk about it all the time about how we can see who's done their work over the pandemic, you know, who was involved in doing their work and getting, you know, being engaged in academics and who didn't get that opportunity. So the dis distinguished, um, um, you could really see the, the the how unlevel it all is um, between those who have opportunities and those who didn't. It's it's really quite quite disturbing, and I wonder it's just going to have a huge knock on effect, which is my theory behind growing pains, which is why we all need to get in there and support our children at the right time so that they grow into stable, healthy adults who can cope in a society. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things that really irritate me about the um, educational system. The first being that it's not meeting the needs of the children 
because we treat children like the prisoners. <laughs> and also the whole entire system is based on the industrial revolution of the late 19th century, which is basically preparing children to work in factories. So, you know, the definition of good behavior is sitting down, being quiet and doing your work. It's nothing about independent research, doing your own thing, you know, finding your own interest. It's just about fitting in to the curriculum. We may be starting to come away from that. Neurodivergent kids, so you can imagine how that did not fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's it's not a good it's not a good system. But how can we make it better? You know, I think astrology can at least address the important stages. Um, and the other thing I do is I, I use a lot of statistics and I use a lot of behavior data to help back up what I'm saying. And, um, um, you know, I can answer the question, do children misbehave more at the new moon or the full moon <laughs> based on my behavior data? <laughs> Which is it? It's the new moon, specifically the basalmic moon. And uh, there's a lot, I got a lot more research to do. I, I accidentally became the person with the most data who can answer this question. Um, uh, there was there was a research study done. Um, they had 600 behavior reports, maybe 400 behavior. Reports. I can't remember exactly, but it was significantly less than mine over two two semesters of um, following this kind of stuff up. I have seven years. I have 30,000 data entries, <laughs> but I'm still I'm still working on it. And, and would a non astrologically literate parent benefit from your book too? Is it? Is yeah, because I don't. I don't use these statistics to, um, you know, to, to, to bend your mind. I, I use them in a, in a way that can be understood, which is something else that I'm really pleased about both my books in that you don't have to be a professional astrologer to understand what's going on. I wrote both of them with the intention of helping someone who has a bit of astrology interest into actually developing a little bit deeper interest into um, um, more important stuff. We, we tend to focus on the sun which is important, I'm not dismissing it, but my books look at Jupiter and Saturn and make you, you know, dive in a little bit deeper. And Mirror Mirror focuses on synastry, which is about the relationships and how, you know, two people have working together with the transits of the film's release, which is when the public gets to see um, yes. the films, you know, extending that knowledge. So I'm not just talking about, you know, I, I love a good meme myself, but we want people to think beyond that. I think it's astrologers. I, know, I, I love memes. I, I can't help it. Oh, I love memes too. But, but you know, as as you know, we've both been practicing astrology for quite a long time, and we we know that you know the cycles and um and the connections of the cycles are really kind of where the meat comes in. Yeah. You know, I think everybody starts by kind of looking at the natal chart as if it's kind of this static. Um, kind of being you know but it's not we're kind of growing and transforming growing growing <laughs> the natal chart is like a, a, a your the first shots that are taken of you as a baby um by um, by shots i mean pictures taken of you as a baby and you know that you're not the same yeah you, you're the same person but you don't look the same as you were when you're a newborn baby we grow and we develop and we yeah. um some of us grow faster than others and <laughs> some of us grow too much in others <laughs> And all the wrong places. <laughs> I like Alex. She makes me laugh. She's hilarious. And her memes. <laughs> so let's let's talk well, mirror mirror, let's quickly quickly go over what that's about. That's you know, about um, actors working together, right? And and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it all started when um it's got a little bit of a backstory. When I was when I was a very young child, I was fascinated by the French chef who was called Julia Child, yeah. and I would just be absolutely transfixed by by her the way she did what she did. And I didn't understand what she was doing because I was only six years old, but I just was absolutely fascinated with her cooking skills. And I, I was even Julia Child one year for Halloween. I was so fascinated with her, and I really hadn't understood what she was doing until I saw the movie Julia and Julia, yeah. which was her biopic. So Julia Child was played by Meryl Streep, who is quite an average size actress, but Julia Child was six feet, two inches tall. She was huge. So with, with clever uh, camera angles, they got um, Meryl to look very tall. And she even got her lovely voice down just right. Um, 
uh, Julia Child has this way of uh, strangling vowels and, you know, <laughs> making consonants do, you know, flips and things like that. She's got a very uh, unusual way of using her voice, but she did it in such a way that was so respectful. And um, I just thought, wow, you know, I totally forgot that um, Meryl wasn't actually Julia Child. And so just for giggles, I thought, oh, let me look at their charts. Let me see, you know, where the you know, what, what the synastry is like. And what I discovered would keep me busy for many years. Uh, I was just obsessed with seeing more and more biopics. And with every one that I saw, I just was like, wow, this is amazing. This is, this is something. So I started writing about them just to entertain myself, really. And then pretty soon I realized I had a book there and, um, you know, went back and did a few changes. And there's a lot of data in that book. So my publisher and I had to go over a lot of things and, and make things just right but you know the end result is has me more convinced than ever that there really is something whether or not the actor and the real life person are aware of it there is something going on there astrologically and then i also put the transits for when the film was released so you're looking at a triwheel the real life person the actor and on the, in the middle wheel and the transits when the movie was released and the transits for when the movie are released are important because that's when people start to see the movie for the first time. And um, those are really amazing as well. And I can't remember the specifics of Julie and Julia, but my other premise is if you admire somebody, you're going to have really good synastry to them too. And Julia Child and I have exactly the same ascendant at oh. six degrees Gemini. Wow. Yeah. And it's like that, um, I, and again, I can't remember exactly everything because there's so, much, so many numbers in here. Um, yeah. um, Johnny, Johnny Cash and I, uh, Johnny Cash is one of my favorite singers and I believe it's his son, Square My Ascendant or something like that. Uh, something at six degrees Pisces is, that squares my ascendant. So there's all these things going on too. So mirror, ask, mirrors. Ask if, if there's almost the same reaction, if there's an opposition to somebody in the chart of a dislike. There are some, there were some movies um, uh, that we, I, I watched over 200 biopics and we eventually like selected down to, to one, just over 100. And the ones we turned away were like ridiculously historically inaccurate. Like they died with their boots on um, with Errol Flynn playing um, um, General Custer. And I hated that film, hated it. And I couldn't even like I couldn't even describe the film without like my my hatred coming out in it. Yeah. <laughs> and but there was um I, I had a methodology which was I was, I was only going to look at the hard aspects, which is the the conjunction squares and oppositions, um, just so I'm not overwhelming the reader with every little detail. But there was a, a one film that stands out as being an exception, and that was the movie Communion, which is about the writer Whitley Strieber, played by Christopher Walken. And that was not a book about opposition squares and, and uh, conjunctions. It really was about the trines. So you got weirdo Christopher Walken, who I love, by the way, he's one of my favorite actors, playing this really weird premise. And although it, it wasn't, you know, a bad film, it was just kind of so out there that we couldn't use it. Uh, there was Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio playing Frank Gagrinali, who was a great film, but it was really not what happened. So we couldn't use that either. And then there was films that I missed out by accident. Like I had them in my back files or whatever. Angela Bassett playing Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? I was kicking myself because after Mirror Mirror came out, I was like, oh my gosh, how did that get left out? And The Doors, um, Val Kilmer playing... Um, uh, oh no, I just blanked out. The, sick <laughs> you know, the, um, the Lizard King, you know. Um, Jim, Morrison. Jim Morrison, thank you. You know, how how hot was Val Kilmer in that film? You know, he was he was perfect. That, that also nearly got left out um, just because it was in a file that I'd written long ago. Yeah. No, the only reason I asked was um, just because of uh, the, my my Sagittarius sun is exactly opposing the son of a well-known person <laughs> who I won't name, who I have a very visceral reaction to all the time, like triggered <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and it's a public person. And really, I'm not that interested in celebrity generally. So it's kind of funny. But, 
but um, but anyway. <laughs> well, you know what they say about oppositions? They're kind of like mirrors. Yes, exactly. You know, they're reflecting right back at you what you don't like about yourself. Oh, I so. hate what you're <laughs> reflecting back at me. It's, it's our, <laughs> our last <laughs> but anyway we'll leave that one there <laughs> so, um, so anybody who's interested in checking these books out um, I'm going to put the links in the show notes but kind of let's move a little bit more into the process of writing because um, Alex says she gets asked about that a lot I seem to get asked more about the publishing but but Alex, you have a full-time job, you know, teaching doesn't, despite the rumour, does not give people a lot of time off. <laughs> so how, how do you do it? <laughs> I think, first of all, I had something so unique that it really made me want to write it. Yeah. But the thing about writing, because I do a lot of fiction writing too, is I recommend people, so many people tell me, oh, I really wish I could write a book. And it just comes down to, you got to make the time for it. And um, I, I, uh, me and Jonathan Kainer, who's a well-known British astrologer, we were good friends. And we we're both kind of going through this process of writing. He'd be, you know, doing his horoscopes and I'd be doing my faculty of astrological studies exams. And he said to me, 3,000 words is a great limit. If you can do 3,000 words a day, you know, that's a full day's work. And so I thought to myself, okay, if I'm doing a full day's work, I think 2,000 words per day is a reasonable limit for me. And you just have got to want to do it. And that means you've got to be organized. And I'm a Saturn in Pisces. I'm like, I struggle. Look at this pile over here. I am somebody who really struggles with being organized. And I just had to get over that. And I did so many little tricks to keep myself in line and in order. And I, I got in help when I needed it but I just had to spend time planning that that month or that six weeks it was going to take to write growing pains was slightly different because I did that at the weekends but I did my 3,000 words per day on Saturday and Sunday I made myself do it so that took a little bit longer to write but mirror mirror was done basically in six weeks and, and I can concur you know um, my three books were written to contract to an outline with deadlines from the publisher which kind of helped my Gemini moon focus but but you do you really have to kind of set down make yourself right kind of say I'm going to get this much done and I, I had to learn all kinds of tricks when I was writing my books to cope with my scattered Gemini moon I had I had to explore chrome apps that um, blocked social media <laughs> I had to turn my phone off you know I had to because if I've got my phone next to me and there's pop-ups coming up on there and things I'll be like off into that and <laughs> I have Venus and Gemini I I can totally um you know understand the the distractions that social media has I had to turn my phone off to do this interview otherwise be pinging every two seconds you know it's just um on airplane mode yeah <laughs> but I had to do things like you know plan cooking ahead of time Right. Making sure that you know, the household, the people that were living in the household were doing their chores too. It's not just me. Um, sorry, just because I don't have a penis, it doesn't mean that I have to do all the household chores. You're gonna have to do your chores too. And um, um, you know, it was that sort of stuff, like really like, it, it, it kind of like changed my whole entire like way of living and made me, you know, challenged my, the way I felt about myself. And um, so it takes some time to plan too. And I think visualizing is extremely important. You know, you got to sit down, you got to imagine what is it going to be like to finally hold this baby in your hand when it's finished. Yeah. And I think all these things help. Um, yeah, I, 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 but I think the visualization and the advanced org organization are all things that really help me get this thing done. Scheduling writing time, that's a definite for my, to my mind. And don't worry about, you know, um, editing as you go, because you could waste a whole day shifting oh. commas around. Oh, that's such a big one. Write yes. the damn thing. And forget about, forget, you know, the editing will come later. Just have the plan in your mind how you're going to do it. Get your 2,000 words done per day. 
and then do the rest, whatever you have to do, but do it every single day. I also recommend if you can, because uh, if you miss a day, then it's kind of like missing the day at the gym. Yeah. You you kind of like, oh, I missed the day at the gym. Oh, I might as well take tomorrow off too. You know, that's how, how we put on weight and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lose momentum if you if you yes you, definitely it's yeah. the newton's first law of motion yeah. and i definitely can concur with the uh don't edit as you go as well i i did that at the start of my first book because it was my first book and i wanted it to be perfect you know <laughs> and i drove myself i was driving myself into the ground with it and, yeah and and you know you pay editors or you go back through it yourself afterwards and reread it and um there's always loads of edits and edits even get missed at the end there's no such thing as a perfect book either so you know all my all three of my books have got one error in them that really grates on me because both myself and the editors all missed them but that's that all books now I read other people's books and go an editor missed that. <laughs> so imagine with Mirror Mirror, uh, it has a hundred movies and at least three charts for each movie. You know, to go back and, and they're always updating data too. Like, you know, um, Astro.com. Like I did, I didn't have Margot Robbie's Time of Birth for no. Mirror Mirror when it first came out. Now it's available, and that drives me nuts because it is so. It would have been so important. It would add so much more information because if i didn't have a person's date of uh, time of birth i use a noon chart which i think noon charts are really just as, uh i know there's more detail in a timed chart but noon charts have, have value too and they, i don't think they should be discounted just because you don't have the ascendant exact ascendant you still have the other planets especially for science and, and things like that yeah but um, i agree well maybe maybe you'll do a, an updated edition in 10 years time with her but <laughs> My my publisher already said no way. <laughs> so that brings me on to publishing too. I always get asked this question, you know, by especially by astrologers who want to publish a book. They always message me and go, "How did you get three books published?" Well, I was very lucky. My publisher works in a very different way and and um, finds writers that they like to write to their outline. And of course, I had some creative input as to moving the outline around a little bit with you know discussion with the editor and things but um but they found me so I find I I feel incredibly lucky but um how did you find your publisher and I know who who she is but uh, how did how did you uh agree with her that she would publish your book um there were a few I mean as a new author first time author there were a lot of things that I didn't understand about writing a book first of all you as the author you're the chief marketer oh oh yes you are <laughs> there's nobody who knows your book better than you do there's there is like you know only you can push things i mean your your publisher might you know follow whatever you do and like your posts stuff like that but you have got to come up with the content yourself and you gotta you know be ready with you know what is going to work so I, um, I was different to you. Um, I didn't think that I could self-publish. And that the reason why is because, first of all, I'm the worst editor in the world. In terms of, I got Mercury right on my IC, which means whatever I read, I kind of memorize. And I don't see the, my own errors because I got Mercury and Leo, and I think I know everything anyway. So I need, <laughs> so I need, <laughs> I need some Virgo to come along and <laughs> find my mistakes and yeah. sort me out. Virgo in the editing, believe me. And, and my my publisher that I use now, um, the Wessex astrologer, she has Mercury, uh, sorry, Ver Moon conjunct Pluto in Virgo. Yeah, so she just kicks my ass all over the place, and that's great. You know, that's exactly what I need, especially with all this data. So I knew I didn't want to self-publish. I have self-published some works of fiction, but I, I really needed, you know, another person. And the other thing is, I really don't have an artistic uh, eye for doing the front cover. I needed someone to do that professionally and um lots of other different little things i didn't just i had time to write it but i didn't have time to polish it and make it look good and i've seen some self-published books and and you know god love you you know congratulations if you self-published but i needed the professional touch and you know um i just knew from fiddling around 
with okay. stuff that I, I didn't have that and and I that's where I needed help doing very well as well so to be quite honest so sorry what was that a lot of self-published books don't actually sell very well as well so yeah, yeah. I, and I get you know there's there's positives and negatives for both sides you know I mean if you self-publish you know a lot of the money that you make from that book is going to be in your pocket and not going to a publisher but then you got the like I say you got the professionals touched with doing the other stuff um there's something maybe you're not so good at but but the thing is you are your chief marketer so um I wasn't um discovered like you were I wanted to have more control over what I wanted to write I had a clear idea of what I wanted to do and I didn't really want to have an editor you know barking in my ear hole telling me what they wanted I wanted to do it you know the way I wanted to do it and I was, I'm lucky that um the Wessex astrologer you know helped me help me do that let me do that and then I have, yeah. a, I have a book I'm gonna write that's mine that I want to do more your way but I kind of took the other work well a it's paying pretty well and b I figured it would give me an insight in what it takes to write and publish a book so so I'll be ready for when I do my own yeah <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's a great feeling, you know, looking back on a, on a book and thinking, yeah, these, these, this is my concept, my ideas. And I did it the way I wanted to do it. And at the end, you know, I, the editor only helped me polish and fix up. That, I, that was really important to me, but there might be a time. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Cause I've had people approach me and ask me to write, I write the stuff that they want me to. And I see it doesn't work for me. Cause I just think, no, I gotta, I gotta do it my way. I gotta, you know, I suppose I could write a star sign book. I could, but I'd complain about it the whole way. The way I whinged all the way through writing daily horoscopes. I write daily horoscopes for Yasmin Bolin. And, 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 I, and I complain, mutter under my breath. I gave myself an hour to do the, the a daily column for her. And I whinged the whole way through. I and so, yeah. Horoscopes couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But I only do it every now and again. But like I say. I get a sore throat with all the grumbling. <laughs> my publisher was not that, like, you know, no, you have to do it my way. Because this book, I actually did come up with the concept of it, the, or the, the actual meat of the concept um, myself. And I went to the editor and said, what do you think of this? And they were like, oh, we knew we were the right, right writer. Anyway, so, you know, it wasn't that not creative. To be quite honest, I had to like the outlines. I didn't just do it for the money. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not suggesting that everyone does it, but yeah. you know, for yeah. me, it had to. Growing pains was. I know. I guess they both were like this kind of labor of love, and uh, I, I really, yeah, they, they were. You know, um, things that I really, really wanted to do. Yeah, but I have to say, you know, I tried writing um, horoscopes for uh, Tarot.com for a while. And they had such such strict ways of writing it. I felt no creativity at all. This wasn't yeah. I didn't have that. It was different. So I did. I was able to put my own thing into it for for all my books. So that was quite. Uh, and and it's better that real astrologers write astrology content than you know. Um, I had a war with Buzzfeed. Is that is it Buzzfeed? Yeah, it is Buzzfeed. A, a few years ago, and they were they were talking about writing about um toppings for pizza and it was just so ridiculous and lame that i had to write my own toppings for pizza and also i did another thing with coffee hour about you know what kind of coffee would you know aries like you know it's got to be strong and hot you know (laughs) 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 so uh Oh, we've still got lots of time left. So I'd love to explore a little bit. You you said you um, might do another book too. I saw you said on social media, what's in the offing for you? I got a few things on. I'd like to, you know, do a bit more mirror, mirror, but I think my publishers had enough of me on that one <laughs> with all the data. So that might just have to be like extended on my on my website. Um, but um, I'm doing a book on Jupiter cycles called Zeus on the Loose, Ooh. which is a bit like... Um, Growing Pains is both Jupiter and Saturn, but um, um, Zeus and the Loose would concentrate solely on the, the, the learning process. And the other one was The Wolf You Feed, which is about the Saturn process. Um, so those two are, are out there. 
I am kind of coming to a stage in my life where I really want to go back to writing fiction. Um, I don't want to leave the astrology world behind, but I, I, I just kind of feel I need to um, but let's get that up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just bear with me for a second. I'm having a little bit of Adobe Flash just came up. Oh. <laughs> Let me force that quit. Get out of here. Why are they interfering? There we go. Ooh. Interfering my Zoom meeting. How dare they? There we go. It's all gone. <laughs> if I ignored any of these things because I completely forgot that we were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm always working. I always got something I'm working on. Um, but I'm still, I'm still teaching and I'm kind of in the final few weeks. We, we're still in school here in the UK. We're in, in school until the end of July, around the time of my birthday, um, which is um, uh, um, the third week of July is when we leave school um, over here. So I'm still teaching um, and it's very hot and I'm very easily distracted by the nice weather. You know, it's so nice to just take a long walk through the park at the end of the day um, and, and go to the pub, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um so at the moment I'm, I'm kind of relaxing a little bit and just kind of getting ready for a nice break um but I'm still I still write there's a lot of content on my website um you know I, I enjoy meeting other astrologers you know uh, across the UK or on zoom or whatever I do a lot of work for the cosmic intelligence agency we have our our, our magazine called time lords which me and Yulia Simmons edit and that keeps me busy and that's um it's something I've always kind of wanted my own magazine and it's just great to have to be working with Yulia on this oh she's great I love her but she she um she I do the editing and she does the design and she doesn't realize it but she is so talented with the design it's such an amazingly laid out book uh sorry magazine it's just and it's got such great so many great contributions and um interviews and things like that it's just been a joy to um to do that so, you know, that's pretty much what I've been um, keeping focus on. Things will change. You know, I'll find something different to keep me busy and occupied. Always changing, like with me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think it'd be so, so dull to work with the same project year after year. I have to keep moving around and, um, you know, chopping and changing people that I work with. Otherwise, I just feel stagnant or or like committed you know that's a, a venus and gemini terror word you know committed ah no i don't want to be committed no <laughs> i'm not committed to you no <laughs> i'm a tart i'm a tart i can't help it <laughs> um, it's probably the the most social of um astrologers um, you know i've seen you traveling and meeting other astrologers everywhere you go and things so with mirror mirror being your pandemic baby are you planning on doing a, a kind of book tour or anything or traveling with it at any point now it's pandemic well isar was kind of i was going to go to isar but then there was a lot of things that happened around there that i decided that it wasn't going to work out in terms of i was i was scared like everybody else and so I had to pull out just thinking, getting over there, getting the, um, being, um, testing negative. I, at the time when I pulled out, I thought, oh, you know, everyone's going to come down with COVID. You're going to spend all this money on a, 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 a plane ticket. And then you test negative and you, you know, I just thought that's the, the, the odds of that happening were greater than until I pulled out just sort of saying, okay, listen, I, I don't want to take this chance. Not because I don't want to come, but just because, we don't know where things are going to be in a year. So I pulled out and that was kind of dumb of me. Now I wish I, I just stayed with it. So it depends on whether or not I get a last minute place. If I come to ESAR um, in August, I'll be there. I'd love to. And I, and, and if I do, I do another book tour. Um, you know, I, I'm really good at arranging these book tours. <laughs> I do, but I do do a bit of sofa surfing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, speak at different places, but it might be a bit late to plan that, but I am going to Portugal uh, next year in March and things are just picking up again, you know, but I, I think, you know, we found Zoom to be a really great way of saving money on expenses, of reaching more people. And, and, I, and I think, you know, we've learned a lot of lessons in the pandemic about, about Zoom. Because I, I, at one point when I was doing um, 
oh, I, I think I took 15 plane journeys and one tour. And I just think, well, that's maybe not sustainable. Yeah, not very great for the climate either. Oh, you know, no, that's what I mean. That's, um, you know, <laughs> we've got to think about, we've got to think about these things. Well, definitely, you know, and I'm going to Esau, but it is only a seven and a half hour drive for me, so... Oh right, of course, yeah. Well, I hope I hope it does work out, but I I, I think it's it's getting later and later. I did get into UAC lastminute.com, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Keep my keep our minds open about, about this, these things. You'll just have to do more of these going on, like my podcast. Pam, I I don't have quite as big an audience as Pam Gregory, but uh, but hey, yeah, Pam Gregory was amazing. Um, I did not expect what happened. <laughs> Yeah, and then I just kind of emailed her out of the out of I don't I didn't know much about her I wasn't looking um and so we did our interview and there was something about us that really clicked I mean I, I, and I was on fine form that night too and it was just like you know she said um oh it's up now but check it out you know we you've been up for like 15 minutes and you're already at 2,000 views and I couldn't believe it you know I just thought oh my gosh and it, it's now at 39,000 I think but I was just in, you know, um, everyone contacted me about readings. And even my, um, I do a family consultation, um, you know, where I look at the, the charts of all the family. And that was like, you know, I, I easily had 20 of those consultations. Um, it was just incredible. And then Growing Pains was selling and everything else. It was just crazy. If anybody wants a family consultation, it's not really. Yeah. So go to Exactly. Yeah, I, I love, they're my favorite family consultation. So what happens in it is that um, I look at the charts of everybody, mom and dad first, and mm-hmm. then I go to the children and how mom and dad could support the children and how the siblings are different to each other, because, you know, you can't expect, you know, the one child to be the same as the other child, how to prioritize children's learning, um, and the all important Jupiter return. When your child has that Jupiter return, it's really important you take that family holiday or you commit to learning a new language together because you know that's when all the brain development happens in the child so it's really important that you commit to that year so if you have a a child with jupiter and aries you know it's it's really important that you get in there yeah i i've I've actually kind of because i kind of gleaned that that was what your book was about being an astrologer myself i looked at my both my kids Jupiters and uh, learned a lot from that just without even reading the book for uh, quite honestly yeah I think I think astrologers didn't really know what to do with Jupiter and Saturn you know it's they kind of like okay it's not the sun it's not Jupiter it's not Mars but it's these are um they're not personal planets they're social planets so you know um children are are accidentally taught by Jupiter sign pretty much and um it just helps to as a teacher it helps me to understand how they learn and how I can discipline them in a way that's not going to crush them but there's lots of other things I've learned you know through astrology and being sensitive about um one of the reasons why I think my head teacher said to me that I couldn't use uh couldn't um have I have to use a different first name when I teach and now I could argue my case and it'd be okay. But back then I was just a new teacher in a new job and I, I didn't have any power whatsoever. I was kind of, you know, I had to do what I was told to a certain extent. Cause I never don't do what I'm told. Right. Um, and banning me from doing something is a sure way to guarantee I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I have all this data. You're going to give me data. What do you think I'm going to do with it? If I had the data burst, I'm going to run it through, you know, do what I can with it. Yeah. And um, I started off. Um, I thought, okay, I got the dates of birth. Oh, I'm going to put them. Uh, arrange the seating plan according to elements so i'm going to have all the fire signs in this row all the earth signs in the next row all the air signs in the next and all the water signs there so i'm going to i can see you know how they are by sun sign and uh never do that <laughs> because what of course happened was the fire signs took over the air signs being as they are shouted over the heads of the earth signs to the fire signs and the earth signs just kind of sat there in silent shock and the poor old water signs started hugging themselves and rocking to 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 self-soothe you know through all the the chaos and you know like i say you understanding their jupiter sign really was the key and it's not about giving them what they want um Working with only only playing to the strengths. It's about understanding the weaknesses too, which is where Saturn comes in. Saturn helps me understand. Okay, so 
here's how I can build on their strengths and uh, and strengthen their weaknesses as well. And um, so that's how I worked as a teacher. It, It just helped me understand, you know, what I could do more. And teachers use all sorts of things. They use Myers, Briggs, they use, name it, right? Color therapy, they use everything. Oh, okay, well, why not astrology, you know? Um, and I could see why, you know, star signs didn't work, but there's lots of different things you can do with astrology that I think can really be helpful to helping a teacher organize themselves. And as I already mentioned, as a Saturn in Pisces, I, I'm, I'm not well organized. I needed that. I needed to, to definitely, you know, I'm happy to paddle along the shores, take my shoes off and, you know, splash through. But to, to really get me to dive in, I got to be either pushed in and submerged underwater or someone's got to be drowning and I got to go out and save them. You know, that's the nature of Saturn and Pisces. And I love, so. I love the approach of how you've used it for educational purposes. But just as a parent myself, I mean, my girls are adults now. Um, one is actually 22 tomorrow. She's a solstice baby. Anyway, <laughs> zero cancer. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was thinking it just can really astrology and this approach could really help you just understand how to work with your kids. I'm always kind of wary, though, when I get a, a parent coming and wanting a reading for their kids, because I'm wary of parents going away and saying they're going to be this. So I love your approach of this is how we can work with the help the child with their strengths and their weaknesses rather than this is what they are and this is what they will likely to do with their life. Yeah, we've got to be careful about that because, you know, we don't want to encourage too much helicopter parenting or tiger parenting. I'm not sure how you, what do you call it in, in, in the yeah. States, but that idea that, you know, uh, um, your, your future is set in stone because it, it's not, you know, it, you know that environmental factors and hereditary factors play a huge part in, you know, how a person ends up which is why I like doing my family consultations because I can work with the parents to play to their strengths too so that they become better more focused disciplinarians because you know they they people say that children don't come with the owner's manual but I argue yes they do <laughs> you just have to know how to read it <laughs> I'd say it's right <laughs> yeah and it's not really my big big um, focus so if you want somebody to look at the whole family together <laughs> yes, thank you and I love it I I totally love it I just love you know um I love that kind of that level of kind of um it's not quite problem solving it's kind of like preventing problems before they um the the majority of people parents that I talk to are parents uh first time uh, sorry the, the oldest child was 13 that's when parents come to me because that's when the 13 year old um is when they're really starting to show their defiance and my behavior data backs this up. Children of that age group are far more often in trouble for not doing what they're told than the other year groups. And also they're more likely to listen to their friends than their parents and teachers. They've, they've outgrown parents and teachers. So for parents and teachers, it's really important that you have those discussions around sexuality, around rules and expectations and it's important for parents before the children reach that age that they have the discussion around what do we expect around rules like alcohol driving you know where would where do you draw draw the line um i use the example of you know you got a catholic parent and a parent from the salvation army get married they can't possibly foresee (laughs) that their issues are going to be around alcohol consumption when that child reaches the age of 13 and wants to experiment with a friend because the Catholics are like, hey, it's okay. We we use this in our religious ceremonies. And the Salvation Army person is going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. We're teetotalers, you know, and um, it's going to cause a huge problem. And you can see it's going to cause a huge problem in the parents' relationship because Catholic parents are like, it's okay. Salvation Army parents are like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You know, it could be a deal breaker before you even know it. And then you have a child that you have together and the child is here and needs to be dealt with. You can't put the child back. <laughs> it has to be dealt with. Parents don't think about these things before. Well, and you can say whatever you like to people. Oh, it's a tough job being a parent. And they're going to say, think to themselves, oh, I could do a better job than my mom and dad. Uh. 
oh, they're so flawed. They're so, you know, they don't know what they didn't know what they were doing. But I'm going to be different. You know, you could talk, you know, again and again and again. But, you know, fortunately, um, parents, um, future parents also come to me. And, and, and this, is, this is also one of my favorite readings is, is, you know, they talk about, you know, what they want for the children and, and how they want to be parents together. And I think that's that's really quite powerful, too. That's that's amazing. Me and my husband actually did that together. We actually oh, talked. That's... I, I remember sitting in the pub. Because <laughs> 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 we were in England then. <laughs> talked for hours about what, what we wanted for our kids and what kind of parents we wanted to be. And, you know, but anyway, not all parents do that. You're right. And it's no, in- sometimes, you know, the children have a way of sneaking up on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, it works. <laughs> when I had kids, I was like, like I'd thought about it a lot and I'd nannied and looked after other people's kids. So anyway, um, I will put the links in the show notes, but where can people find you? Um, you, you can visit me on my website, www.alextronoweth.co.uk. My surname is T-R-E-N-O-W-E-T-H. And we'll put that link in there so you can um, you can find me and my books. I'm always happy to have conversations, you know, ask answer questions and things like that. And among all social media, as Alex Trenoweth, you can find me. And I've been saying Trenoweth. I've been saying your name wrong. <laughs> well, um, no, no, it's it's um, just don't call me Trenoweth. I hate that. I'll, I'll accept Trenoweth. Um, <laughs> my my friend Barbara Dunn, who is Cornish. So that's that's the actual pronunciation, but I, I say Trenoweth, but uh, the Trenoweth thing I can't take. <laughs> it must come from me understanding the Cornish name, and and the books are available at all major booksellers. Yeah, they're on Amazon. Take a photo, you know, write a review. Those things are always so important for astrologers, uh, authors, so that you that you do these things for us. And, and I'm always I'm always saying, please, please, please leave me a review. Take a photo. Send me a photo so I can share your photo. <laughs> yeah, it's so important for us. Um, I, I don't know if people realize, you know, just how important that is. You know, it's such a competitive market. I've become much more of a, um, a part of other people's books. Since oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yes, sorry. Not a tart. Yeah. Yes, a supporter of other people. Yes. Oh, <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alex, it's been a real pleasure having tea with you. Thank you. Oh, for- yes. Same to you. Um, I'll see you online. Okay. And don't Hopefully for- at Esau, though. Fingers crossed. Don't forget to, and maybe at Esau, but everybody else, don't please don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Maybe share the video and enjoy the chat. Um, don't put a uh, like button. That's important. Subscribe, button. like button. Yes, and the bell so you get notified. Oh, yep videos going up don't hit that one i don't know why people bother doing that because they mean because they this turn it off <laughs> yeah, i think you can turn it off you don't want to listen to the haters get rid of the haters goodbye haters exactly <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you louise okay take care